You are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. I'm Nick, and my favorite family in all of Star Wars is the ghost crew from Star Wars Rebels. And I'm Carmelo, and he just cheated. My favorite family is Star Wars Rebels. I love that group. <laughs> in our journeys through hyperspace, we're going to examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one a little bit older, who will come together through the will of the Force. In this episode, we're going to be talking about family. And one of the things that I love about this idea of family in Star Wars is that there are different kinds of families in Star Wars. Um, they're not exactly the same and they're, they sort of work, they come in different configurations. And the first thing that I wanted to talk with you about, Nick, is this notion that we have biological families. We have families that are sort of connected by, by their own biology, by, by their sort of being offsprings of others. But then there are other families that I would call families, but are not biologically connected at all. And let's talk about, we can start with the rebels crew, that it is, it is we see the formation of that family um, and the emotional and sort of force links that exist with this family. And I, you know, it, they might not be biologically a family, but for me, they are a family. They are a, almost like a traditional family in the way that we think of family today. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We, we both said that that's our favorite family in Star Wars. They, uh, they really grow on you, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we see that a lot through Star Wars, how characters from various backgrounds and situations come together, uh, obviously for story reasons, but they come together and they form a bond and they go through journeys and adventures together that um, really bring them together. And yeah, I would say that even like the Rebels family is maybe stronger than some biological families that we see yeah. uh, bond and the connection they've built. And yeah. it's really fascinating to see that uh, the message I guess I, I get from a lot of that is that um, just because you're biologically related to someone doesn't necessarily mean they're your family, that anyone can kind of be your family through experience. Absolutely. And it's really interesting. I find it fascinating that both you and I are connecting so much with a, with a group of people that we could just say they're friends, mm -hmm. but they're more than friends. Um, and so it's, it's, I love the notion, you know, Star Wars has this sort of tradition of being um, a narrative that it is somewhat geared towards the younger audiences. Um, and so the idea of family is sort of a natural topic in here. But Star Wars is not advocating for this idea that, you know, your blood relatives are necessarily your family. <laughs> And that you can you can create family links, family um, connections, without necessarily having that that blood relation, that blood connection. Um, and I find that really interesting. That I don't, I don't, I I I, I think of Hera as a mom, mm -hmm. even though she eventually becomes a mom at the very end of season four. Right. She's been a mom for four seasons. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of practice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so it's really interesting that. Um, it's interesting on the one hand that they have to make her a biological mother at the end. That's a different story. But it is interesting that we have been thinking of her as a maternal figure. Something that I say in my, in my book on Star Wars, that Hera is the goddess um, of fertility and maternity in the Greek gods. And so that mm -hmm. name already is sort of telling you that there is, this is a maternal, this is a maternal figure. And so that I, I, I find really, 
um, really intriguing. Now, you mentioned to me in the past um, that there are other sort of non-biological families, and I, I'd love to talk to you about the, the video game that you were telling me about, in which there is once again a non-biological family. And since I am old and I don't play video games, I would love to be educated on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, you know... Those and I, I want I want to tell the audience that this is like real. I know nothing about video games, and Nick is going to educate me on this. So I'm not a big gamer, uh, but you know, Star Wars is probably my favorite thing in the world. So of course, I was playing this game uh, any way I could. Uh, so yeah, it came out, you know, 2019, um, and the story. Uh, just a brief summary is um, uh, the main character is a former Padawan who goes into hiding after Order 66, um, and then he gets kind of sprung back into the action uh, through um, a mistake, as you will. He had to save a, a friend, and of course he got found out by the uh, Imperial uh, Security Bureau. And anyway, they he kind of goes on the run and tries to um, rebuild the Jedi Order in a way. Okay. And okay. He, he runs into uh, other characters. He runs into another former Padawan, but she left before Order 66, and it was a complicated and trauma traumatic past she had. And um, she has a partner who is hilarious. His name is Grease. I'm not sure what his species is, but he's he reminds okay. me of a fun-loving uncle. Okay. And uh, <laughs> they meet a night sister too, who becomes part of the family. Oh wow! Um, she's the last of the night sisters, and okay. they go to Dathomir and they connect. And then there's a little droid, uh, BD1. He's kind of, uh, you know, the I don't want to say pet, but kind of the pet of the family. And they just kind of form a bond over the game and. Um, they all come from a traumatic past and have to had to witness horrific things due to the empire taking over and they all kind of come together and try to, you know, make things better for not themselves, but the next generation and the coming generations. And right. um, there's only one installment of the game right now. So we don't okay. really know where their story is going to go. Okay. Um, but yeah, the uh, reason I wore the shirt is it reminded me of, of rebels and other times in Star Wars where we see people just come together um, due to circumstance and they didn't really plan to become a family or yeah, yeah. it just happened that way, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And that seems to happen a lot in Star Wars. I mean, there's mm -hmm. when I've been reading the, um, the new series of the Star Wars comics um, that started in 2015, sort of what happens between the end of new hope and the beginning of empire, those sort of like 75 issues. And it's really interesting how the rebel Alliance is slowly becoming a family. Mm -hmm. How all of these sort of characters are slowly sort of linking themselves. And so there, there are probably more examples, but um, it's, it seems to be a trend in Star Wars that the non-biological family is never seen as less, lesser than a biological family. And that I, that I find really, 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 really interesting. Um, I, love, I love that connection. Um, and, and you know, let's not forget that Disney and Lucas film are both very much interested in family. So this is yeah. family in a way, sort of like one of the things that brings Disney and Lucas film together. Um, whether people like that or not, um, it's <laughs> it's just sort of part of the nature of both narratives that are the notion of family is very much connected to it. I interrupted and, uh, you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, Star Wars is always a coming of age story, regardless of the generation mm -hmm. or the uh, era we're in. And uh -huh. um, I think in every generation, you do see a core of characters who always don't, like we said earlier, don't start out or don't expect to be close, and they end up being 
the best of friends and uh, spend many years together. And yeah, yeah, it, it's always fascinating. And I think that just kind of shows a, um, you know, Star Wars, like we said, is um, intended for a younger audience. And I think that's just a way of speaking to a younger audience that you're going to meet people in life. They are, you don't expect to be close to them, but they, they pretty much could be your family at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to go through some things together. And I think that's I a, just like a, that. that's a universal message that everybody can yes. relate to. I like yeah. that very much. I like that very much. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful way of creating an effective or an emotional bond with others. Um, and, and I like that Star Wars is um, legitimizing that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a very real way, talking about biological families, I was um, I was really intrigued that we get a lot of a lot of families like biological families that it's like mother and daughter, father and son, um, like like Sabine Wren and her mother, um, or Hera and her father, um, or even you know I, I guess with I guess with the Skywalkers we get Padme and Anakin and we get Luke and Leia so there's mm-hmm. that's a more a more traditional family but there are lots of families that we don't get the sort of extended family but we get this sort of like one line of um, one line of the family and so they biological families do exist in Star Wars uh, but we don't we never get like the whole the whole thing we just get like. These, these sort of discrete lines um, in Star Wars, and I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't, I don't think I have anything intelligent to say about it. But I, it's sort of an observation that I have noticed as mm-hmm. I have watched the television shows and the movies and reading the novels and all of that. Um, big families don't really exist very much. It's very much the nuclear no. family. Yeah, and you know, I was gonna say the uh, the Skywalker family reunions probably are very boring because there's not much going on. There's only a couple. <laughs> there's a uh, yeah, and um, you know, I think a lot of times we will see um, families uh, they're kind of resistant at first. We see a lot of characters that become um, either they have a bad history with their family or they um, uh-huh. had some kind of uh, accident or tragedy happen that just kind of. Um, took away a family that they had and they don't yep. want to replace that old family and they think that's yep. kind of dishonoring what came before them and um, yep. at the same time it relates to another podcast we talked about uh, legacy and it will you know they're kind of creating their own new legacy with this new family even if they don't have a, a last name or a, uh, a, a group name that kind of connects them through is it's not that star wars is negating or rejecting the traditional biological family Mm-hmm. is that Star Wars is recognizing that there are familial bonds that exist outside the biological. And so, right. and so Sabine Wren can still sort of reconnect with her clan uh, without necessarily breaking the bonds that the ghost crew has created through their, through their own history. And so it's interesting that you sort of have them both working in different ways. But mm-hmm. I like very much what you're saying that the biological families in Star Wars, there's, there's always conflict. Yeah. There's always a generational conflict, yeah. um, starting with the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so there's this, really, there's this really clear notion that that biological family, there's going to be some sort of tension. There's some, mm-hmm. some sort of tension. Um, can I throw something at you? Sure. What about Mandalorian clans? Yes. Do you think of them as families? 
Yeah, a little different, I guess you would say than it. Obviously, all seems like all sports families are a little different than ours that we know <laughs> to, in our world. But yeah, they, um, especially with the Mandalorian, we've seen a little more into their. Uh, now they are they are a cult, so they are obviously different than the Mandalorians we see in Rebels or in Clone Wars. Uh, but yeah, we see a kind of an indoctrin of this this um, way of life, and uh, they they bring in these foundlings, and they kind of. Um, expect them just to adapt to what the Mandalorians have done and, uh, and how they, they operate. And uh-huh. I guess we haven't really seen anyone kind of uh, try to buck that trend or try to, you know, be, uh, I guess, question it. And then they just, they just right. go with it, I guess. And then I guess right. in a way they, they are like Dan Jarn in a way he is very like grateful and thankful for the Mandalorians that saved him. And uh, I guess in his way, he's honoring them and, uh, yeah, so it's a fast, it's a fascinating it's, sector it's, of the galaxy. Yeah, 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 and it's it's tricky. The more I think about it, the more complicated it gets. Because when you get the the sort of I'm going to, let's call them the old fashioned clans in Mandalore itself, they are they are families in a way on a very strict code, um, and they're they're it's like a combination between a community and a family. Um, but they're very tight knit. They're very tight knit. But what I find really interesting about the Mandalorian is, you know, when you get the clan of two, there's no biological connection between Grogu and and Din. Um, but they're a clan. But they're a clan. And so once again, Star Wars is constantly reconfiguring what family means. And it even does it when we talk about the clans. Because the way that the rebel um, family is created is very different from the way a clan would be created in Mandalore. But they both function, I feel, socially as families. Yeah. They, they have the same, the same sort of strong connections um, yeah. in a way that, um, that they might be, they, might, they, they are different, but they are connected by this sort of idea of family, this idea of family. Um, and so that's yet another way of thinking of um, of, of family in, in Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, glad you brought up, we brought up the Mandalorians and, and the Mandalorian in a series in general, because I think that's just the core of the show is the relationship between Din and Grogu. And that carries the weight of the show. And it's the, yep. it's the main, I think it carries the franchise in a lot of ways because we are interested in why these people keep screwing up and they keep messing <laughs> things up and uh, we want them to be happy. We want everybody to have a happy ending. And uh, we, we, we see that often. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I remember during the first season of the Mandalorian, there were all of these websites about um, sort of all the parental mistakes that Mando is making with Grogu. <laughs> Sort of like, yeah, you're a father figure, but you're a pretty messed up father figure right now. Yeah. Um, and I, and it's sort of really nice to see the process of him needing to become a paternal figure yeah. um, without his, because he's very reluctant at the beginning. And then, you know, the more he's with Grogu, the more he develops that effective bond uh, with him. And he's in a way a much better father in season two that he is in season one. And um, and once again, here's another linear family, sort of like it's just father and son. <laughs> um, 
even if it's not biological, it sort of it sort of feels like a father and son um, story. And so like that's, to, that's another thing. Go ahead. I'd like to make a connection, actually. When uh, when you were talking like that, it made me think of uh, Kylo Ren and Ben Solo a lot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's you know, a tough one. <laughs> that's a complicated one. Well, you know how, you know, you just said, you know, after the first season, people were questioning his parenting and is he really nurturing? And we see that, I think, a lot in Mandalorian where he's, he does the force joke on, on Cara Dune and he kind of, I think there's a reflection. He's seeing violence all around him. So he thinks it's right. normalized. And right. I think, and I want to make a connection with Ben Solo and some of the expanded material, like the comics and the novels, they've, um, the book Bloodline is when, you know, the galaxy finds out that Vader is Leia's biological father. And right from, from what I can tell, that is Ben Solo's first knowledge of it as well. And in the comics we see in the rise of Kylo Ren, he's kind of, he's living up to this legacy of his father and Luke and all that came before him. And he didn't really ask for any of this. And, um, you know, he take, he goes off with Luke to do his training. And we've mentioned before the Jedi are not really a particular uh, family unit. They're more of a, um, in a way, a lot of like a cult and a monk mentality. And um, we, we don't really see Ben Solo nurtured like that, um, like mm. he should be. And uh-huh. like other characters are in Star Wars, we, uh, and that probably leads to ultimately to his downfall. And I think that's just a fun connection I just made with uh, Din and And it's, I, I, I'm glad you brought Ben into the conversation because it is one of the few places where we get a sort of father-son and then a mother-son relation. Mm-hmm. And you talked about Claudia Gray's novel um, in which she is sort of, uh, the the weight of Vader as her father is something that we don't get a lot in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and I love how Claudia Gray sort of brings the weight of that legacy of being the daughter of Darth Vader, um, mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting to see in the sequel trilogy Ben in conflict and in relation to both his father and his mother. And then in, in Bloodlines, we get that connection of, you know, my, my dead father is Vader with, right. with Leia herself. And so once again, the biological connection is always a very complex one. Yeah. And is one sort of wrought with conflict and tension um, in very real ways. It's just, it's just a really fascinating thing um, that it's, it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. I just looked at my little painting of Boba Fett in the wall. We could talk about Django and Boba. Yeah. Um, and there's another there's another one line of sort of father and yeah. son. They're just everywhere. They really they are. are everywhere. It's just, it's just like you keep thinking and thinking and thinking, and they just keep they keep popping up. They keep yeah. popping up. It's a family soap opera. That's what it's a giant space family soap opera. That's all it is. Uh, we're watching these conflicts all over. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You brought up Boba. Um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how they handle him in the future uh, with mm. comics coming out. He's being more involved with the that material. And then, of course, he's getting the book of Boba Fett. So we'll see how he kind of lives with his father's legacy and yeah. how that will play. And we, the clones, they made me think of the clones too. That's a whole, that is a... That's another podcast. Yeah, that's another that's podcast. Another podcast. We, 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 we can't go there because yeah, we're going to be a, here for the next three hours. I could talk um, about the clones all day. <laughs> I love them. I, I have one more. I have a question 
that just popped up in my head when we were talking about boba. Do mm -hmm. can you think? And I'm, this is an honest question. Can you think of these kind of familial links, non-biological familial links, in sort of the bounty hunters' world? Well, you, you have the huts. They're very much. Ah, uh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, and I, really I never think about other... the huts. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> the Huts are... Um, yeah, they're a clan which, and a family. <laughs> which is weird because I think they might be the most stable family in all the galaxy because they've been for generations and we see them, uh, you know, relative yeah, to Java yeah, yeah. and the Clone Wars and we, even in the High Republic. We've, we've Good for you. Some... You get $500 for that one. That's that's very interesting. I had not yeah. thought about that, but that's very real. Yeah, we see, and we see, you know, like I mentioned, we see them in the High Republic, the Huts. Uh, we... We don't yeah. know if Jabba is around, but we see right. other huts, and I just right. assume they're related. I don't right. know if it's a species or, or biologically, but I just assume they're related because why not? <laughs> so uh, it'll be I interesting. No, no, no. I, no. I had not thought about them, but they are they are yet another family. They are yet yeah. another family yeah. um, in very real ways. And I think the, the Clone Wars movie, um, yes. that's sort of the pilot, is it's, it's, it's Jabba's son, right? That gets Belisa? kidnapped. I, I believe so. it is. Yeah, and now that's... all the fans are going to stop watching our podcast because we didn't know that we didn't get something information. Right. We are done. We are done. No more podcasts <laughs> for you guys. We'll be okay. <laughs> all right. Well, this was fun. This was really yeah, interesting. This is a um, very all of these, topic. all of these layers, all of these layers yeah. that happen. So, wow. And you seem to be like in the light of the force. You have like all this halo around you with the wonderful <laughs> light in your room. That's pretty oh, awesome. It's a good way of ending it. So. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you, audience. Have a thank wonderful life. We'll see you soon. There will be more. There will yeah. be more. Take Bye, care. Guys.